Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us today. Well, it's a new year, and that often means making resolutions, or at least changes maybe to how we do things. That includes things at work. For many of us, that might mean changing our workloads, and that has to start with setting some boundaries, saying, I'm only going to do this, or I'm only going to do this much, and I'm going to do it during these hours, or whatever boundaries we need. But it's easier said than done. Well, my guest today has put some thought into the subject, and she has some really interesting advice. Her name is Dr. Tracy Brower, and she's a sociologist. She studies work-life fulfillment and happiness. She's also the author of two books. The most recent is called The Secrets to Happiness at Work, and that's a book about how you can create a joyful life and work life as part of that. I had a really interesting conversation with Tracy. Please stay with us to hear it. boundaries at work. To talk about that, I'm joined by Dr. Tracy Brower. She's a sociologist and the author of the book, The Secrets of Happiness at Work. Tracy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know what? I always like to start by asking my guests a little bit about themselves. How did you end up doing what you're doing, talking about happiness at work? <laughs> you know, I uh, I actually looked around and realized there are a lot of people who don't love what they're doing. And there's this narrative about how work is a grind and, you know, work is the salt mines. And I just thought there was an opportunity for us to think differently and for us to think about how do we create the conditions for happiness at work. So that's where I got into it. And your own career, you're a... Uh, I'm a vice president of Workplace Insights for Steelcase, uh, office furniture company, and a contributor of Forbes and Fast Company. And uh, so writing and uh, really research and customers and insights are what really get me excited. So you come to it from a lot of different angles. So you can answer this. It's kind of a broad question. These days, after a few years of pandemic and lots going on with the economy, how happy are people at work? Oh, goodness. There's actually some brand new research that uh, a lot of people enjoy what they do, but they aren't very happy at work. So it has to do with a lot of the conditions that surround them. Do they feel clarity on expectations? Do they feel uh, a sense of purpose and mission? Do they feel connected with colleagues? And so a lot of people are struggling right now. And so we really have room to do better. I think actually the talent revolution and the number of people who have left their current roles is a great indicator that we have an opportunity to improve. Yeah, this is something we talked about a lot on this podcast, the great resignation and the toxic work environments that are out there that are making people unhappy. But you know, beyond the toxic environment, sometimes even when you're happy with what you do, you feel unhappy when you're not in control. And that's where the subject of boundaries, which I find really interesting, comes in. How do you set boundaries? That's the broad question. We can go into detail. But like, is this something people can control better? Yeah, I think it is something they can control better. And one of the things I always like to start with is really thinking about how we judge and think about boundaries. A lot of times, I think people want to set really rigid rules and look at others and say, oh, they're doing it better or they're doing it worse or I'm not doing it well enough. And I think a really key part of setting boundaries 
is reflecting on what works best for you because there's kind of no rigidity with boundaries. And when you can be clear about what works for you, that's the best place to start when you're setting your own boundaries. So for example, um, you may prefer to turn off absolutely at the end of every day and then turn on at the beginning of the next day. I might be really comfortable with a more porous boundary where I turn off earlier and then I tune back in and then I turn off again. And we need to be less judgy with ourselves and with others about how we set those boundaries. I think that's a good point because I think people do tend to say, oh, you should never work on the weekend or you should never work at night. But actually, depending on your schedule, that might work better. Exactly, precisely. And I think that's actually part of um, when organizations do it really, really well, they put a lot of the control back with people. Like there are a lot of really interesting things going on right now where corporations will say, thou shalt not text on a, you know, mm-hmm. on a weekend or send an email, um, you know, on a certain day of the week or after a certain time of day. But I think we really want to treat people like adults and say, gosh, you know, I'm, I might want to get this off of my plate right now. Maybe I schedule it to arrive to you later, or I trust that you're going to check in when it's right for you and you're going to manage it in the way that makes sense for you. You know, I have a certain amount of sympathy for corporations going through this transition because it used to be everybody was there nine to five. Now you can work anytime. Is this making it better or worse? The fact that we've moved to hybrid and remote and all kinds of things. Yeah, I think it makes it better and worse, right? Like it's really, really interesting. If you look at the data, people are sleeping more, they're exercising more, they're socializing more, they're experiencing more of sort of the home elements of work life. But they're also not experiencing as much happiness at work because they don't feel as connected. And part of the um, challenge from a boundaries perspective is that we don't have as much um, synchronicity with people. And a really big part of happiness in the way that we spend our time has to do with spending our time with others. So a really... Um, interesting element of establishing boundaries is doing that in conjunction with others. So, you know, maybe I get to have Tuesday afternoons off, but those would be even better if my friend also had Tuesday afternoons off and we could, you know, take a walk with the dog or I'm going to go into the office every Wednesday. That's an even better experience if my whole team is in the office on Wednesday. So another element of setting boundaries is to think about how you're um, synchronizing your schedule with others, how you're in really simpatico with others in terms of their schedules as well. It's not that easy to do, honestly, right now with everyone trying to trying to figure out what works for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that the more we can kind of communicate really openly about where we are and what we're doing, the more we can be transparent about our boundaries, we give permission to others then to do that as well, right? So um, it reminds me of, uh, I used to work with a leader who would always wear a sport coat to the office. This is in the olden days when people wore sport coats to offices, right? And he would take an extra sport coat along and leave it on the back of the chair so people would think he was in the office, even if he was going to the soccer game to see his grandchild. And it would have been so much better if he had said, hey, I'm going to the soccer game to see my grandchild, and then I'm going to come back, right? That would give more permission to more people. So I think there's something about our transparency with each other, like being open about where we are and what we're doing with the appropriate privacy, right? With the appropriate control and information. But that gives more permission for people to kind of flex when they need to flex. 
Okay, so we're in January as we record this and people are making resolutions or plans or whatever. If you decide you don't want to be crazy stressed and overworked this year and you want to set boundaries, is there a way to methodically go about that? Hmm, yeah, there probably is. I think um, probably number one, you want to resolve to perform brilliantly. Like I think a lot of people want flexibility and they want to set their own boundaries and they get to do that. They buy the right to do that by feeling uh, or by performing really, really brilliantly. So I think the first thing is to resolve to perform really, really brilliantly. I think the second thing we can do is to kind of um, make a resolution to be continually reflecting on what means the most to us. Like in what ways do we get the most happiness and satisfaction? Maybe driving my kids to school is a really important part of my identity or um, being able to be in the room with customers and meeting with them is an important part of my identity or an important part of my identity is leading a team. And that requires being face-to-face one day a week with them or a couple of days a week with them. Really um, make a resolution to be reflective and conscious about what are the elements that are most important to you and then in terms of your identity. And I think the third thing is to kind of make a resolution to um, schedule your time ahead of time and be proactive about it. So you might block um, periods of your calendar where you're going to leave early in order to do the family thing. And then you're going to block periods where you're going to come back online and, and be doing the work. But if we block it ahead of time and we're proactive about it, that helps us with open communication It helps us get ahead of the schedule Um, because sometimes boundaries are hard because it's like, oh my gosh, something came at me that I wasn't expecting. So when we can be more proactive with our schedule, that helps as well. Suppose you're talking to a manager or a boss in your organization and you want to make sure that you go, that you are careful this year, that you do not take on more than you can. Are there things you should be flagging as, as you make this argument? Yeah, I think so. I think you're flagging the fact that you are still committed and you absolutely um, care about doing a good job, right? Like that's the first message that the um, leader wants to hear and that you're aligned with the business and all of that kind of good stuff. Um, That's one. And then I think another one is to really talk about how you'll meet your objectives and to be really clear with your boss about what the expectations are and what success looks like in your role. And then I think you can be really clear about um, what your requests are. So thirdly, like, gosh, I'd really love to be able to take off early on a Tuesday afternoon, or I'd really love to be able to work from home one day a week, right? Be really clear about what those objectives are. And then I think the fourth element of that conversation is to talk about how you'll suggest checking in, right? Like, um, when leaders and employees are going to a new flexible model, a lot of times it's really helpful to know, oh, we're going to check in in a couple of months on this. We're going to stay in communication together. So it's not like we're making a plan that's going to last for the rest of the time. We're making a plan and then we're going to check in and we're going to get feedback from each other and keep those lines of communication open. So those would be really good kind of points in that conversation with a boss, I think. You know, I think we need to remind ourselves of this. Why should we be setting boundaries? Oh my gosh, boundaries are all about well-being and happiness, right? Like um, when we are happier, it's because we feel like we're living out our purpose and we're doing things that matter to us. Um, Interestingly, when we're happier at work, we experience more happiness outside of work. 
But the opposite is true. When we experience more happiness outside of work, we actually perceive more happiness inside of work. So when I set a boundary that allows me to really focus on a project and kind of remove the other distractions, that helps me with happiness inside of work. Or if I set a boundary and then I'm able to do my volunteer work once a month and that brings me happiness outside of work, that affects my overall happiness. So setting boundaries affects happiness, setting bound and, and well-being. Setting boundaries also helps with mental health and well-being. Setting boundaries also helps us be more effective in all kinds of ways. Like we tend to think that if we're not getting enough done, we just need to go faster. We just need to figure out a way to do more in the limited period of time that we have. But when we're actually really selective about what we do and when we do it, we can be more present and more effective in the work that we're doing. So it helps our effectiveness as well as our happiness and satisfaction. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the happiness. I know we talked about this at the beginning, but people are making these resolutions now. I'm going to set boundaries. I'm going to make sure I have balance. What else do they need to do so that they're happier at work, which ultimately makes them more effective? Yeah. So happiness at work is very significantly related to purpose. So feeling like you matter, feeling like the work that you do matters, and you can affect that by thinking about the customers that you serve and the people that you serve and how you make a unique contribution to the business and to your colleagues. So um, one thing to think about is purpose. Another thing to think about is connections. Like we really have a much higher level of happiness when we feel connected with our colleagues. We might have a best friend at work. We might have an acquaintance at work. We might have somebody that we can um, exchange ideas with at work, but really focusing on making time for people, being present with people, being accessible, and really nurturing relationships is another piece that absolutely drives happiness. Another thing that drives happiness at work is learning. Like when we're stretching, when we're growing, when we're developing, when we're challenged, those are very, very correlated with happiness. So that looks like taking initiative, raising your hand for a project, pointing out an idea that you have to solve a problem, Um, maybe going for that next promotion when you're not 100% ready, but you're 70% ready. It's going to represent a stretch for you. So those are um, those are three of the things that we can do. There are more, but those are three big ones that help drive happiness at work. Well, let's hope that 2023 is the year that we uh, take some initiative on this and we see some improvements. Tracy, thank you so much for talking to me. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Dr. Tracy Brower is a sociologist and the author of The Secrets of Happiness at Work. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like to know more about Tracy and her work, please take a look at our show notes. You'll find some links there. If you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at at Relentless Eco. Now, if you did like this conversation about the future of work, please take a moment, leave a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. That will really help people to find us and that will help us keep these conversations going. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks as always to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at theworkandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work in the Future podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production.